God uses the devil to show us who we really are. Satan will attack us at our point of weakness, but Dr. Tony Evans says the Lord will protect us while he turns those weaknesses into strengths. God will meet you where you are as long as you are honest with him. He puts a block on Satan. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. Lurking behind life's daily stresses and strains is an even bigger problem, a spiritual enemy trying to grind us into dust. But today, Dr. Evans reminds us that God has set limits on Satan's activities, and he demonstrates how the Lord's love and protection are always present even in times of trial and temptation. Let's join him. All of us have seen, either live or on TV, an implosion. We've witnessed mostly a downtown building being brought to the ground in a mere matter of seconds by explosives. That which took many months or years to construct become dismantled instantaneously and we've seen the rubble of the collapse. But implosions just don't take place in buildings. Implosion takes place in lives. Many of us know what it is to have imploded dreams. You know what it is perhaps to have an imploded relationship to have an imploded hope where something you longed for, looked for, anticipated, wanted, collapsed. It looked like all that had been invested was wasted. It brings headache and heartache and yes, life ache when an implosion takes place. In Luke chapter 22, we learn about an implosion where their life basically and their purpose is being ripped from them. The disciples have been arguing about who's going to be greatest in the kingdom. They've been debating the world's standards of significance. Who's going to be the most significantly recognized person by God? And so this debate is going on beginning in verse 24 of Luke 22 as the disciples are arguing with one another. Jesus enters into the discussion, into the debate in verse 31 and says, Simon, Simon, watch out when Jesus calls your name twice. Behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. Satan has demanded permission. In order for Satan to get to you, he got to ask permission to do it. So let's get something straight. The devil is not just the devil, he's God's devil. Because he can only do what God says he can do. So, believing the devil just don't make him sovereign. He's asked permission to sift you like wheat, to disturb your life, 
to ruin your life. He is after ruining every Christian's life in this building. The you is plural. And he is demanding it. In fact, the word demanded is reflective, which means he's demanding for himself. In other words, he wants to make it so God can't use you so he can. Because he's building a kingdom too. He's demanded to sift you, to destroy you, to ruin you like wheat. Verse 33. But he said to him, Lord, with you I am ready to both go to prison and to death. And the Lord said to him in verse 34, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied three times that you even know me. Peter suffered from a problem of uh, independence, self-confidence, and unbrokenness. He had to be taught, you ain't all that. Because he was braggadocious. He's saying, look, I don't care what the other homeboys do. I am your man. If they leave you, I am never going to leave you. Peter, you ain't going to make it 24 hours. You you ain't going to make this 24, before the rooster crows. Tomorrow morning, dawn, you will have denied me three times. Now, I don't know about you, but if Jesus told me that, I'd have found a Holiday Inn or, or, you know, Hilton Garden or something. I'd have locked myself up in the room. Because Jesus said, you're not even going to make, you're never going to deny me. You ain't going to make it to tomorrow morning. Have you ever promised God you would never do something that you wind up doing? You said, I, I, I'll never do that. I'll never say that. I'll never act like that. But then the situation got right. The circumstances got right. Because the devil asked permission. God uses the devil to show us who we really are. He uses the devil to break a brother or a sister down. And you thought you were just fighting your emotions. You thought you were just fighting people. You thought you were just fighting systems. You thought you were just fighting situations. No, God has let the devil sick them. Because you opened the door. And so he uses the devil to accomplish his purpose, even with his people. Satan is asked to do a number on you. And because of your self-sufficient, independent pride, I have given him the okay. But while the devil has been given freedom with you, until you get the message of who I am versus who you are, I am praying for you. And when you are converted, when you wake up, when you come to discover who you are versus who I am, then I can use you to help somebody else strengthen your brothers. So powerful is Satan that Peter won't even make it 24 hours before he denies the Lord three times. The last time the Bible says he denied him with 
cursing. Not cussing, cursing. He, he wasn't just using bad words. He was calling down destruction. He was serious about, I don't know that man. Y'all keep associating me with Jesus. I don't know him. I keep telling y'all I don't know him. This was a serious denial. Cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> what is he doing when we are going through hell? What is he doing when we are doing stuff we said we would never do? What is he doing when our world collapses? What in the world is he doing so that I can get converted, turn again, so that I can be useful? Because he just blew it big. I mean, this is called apostasy. Apostasy is the public denial of Jesus Christ. He didn't just deny him in secret. He denied him before saints and sinners. So he was an embarrassment to the cause of Christ in public. It's bad enough if you got a private mess, but it's even worse if everybody knew it. He, he was public about it. I don't know the man. Don't associate me with Jesus Christ. I deny any connection to him at all. And while many of us don't say it with our lips, we say it with our lives. Don't associate me with that Christian stuff. Don't get me too caught up in knowing him, associating with him. But there's a way back from that kind of separation. And Dr. Evans will return to tell us about it in just a moment. First, though, Tony's released a brand new book called Kingdom Authority. And even after just a few days, the response has been exciting. It builds on the ideas we've been learning, that God has empowered us to exercise His rule in key areas of life, and that we can harness that power to overcome challenges, resist temptation, and fulfill our God-given purpose. We'd like to send you a copy of Kingdom Authority as our way of saying thank you when you help us keep Tony's teaching on this station with your contribution. Along with the book, We'll include the companion Bible study guide that digs even deeper and includes links to custom video content from Tony that'll light a fire under your small group or personal devotions. On top of all of this, you'll get the full-length versions of all 12 messages in our current series, The Authority of God. Just visit TonyEvans.org, make your contribution, and we'll get this Kingdom Authority collection on its way to you. Again, that's TonyEvans.org. Or give us a call day or night at 1-800-800-3222. That's 1-800-800-3222. Dr. Evans will come back with part two of today's message right after this. Hey, church leaders, are you looking to level up your ministry? Get connected at this year's Kingdom Leaders Summit. Listen to insights from speakers like Dr. Tony Evans. Engage with a supportive network of like-minded pastors. The summit is October 3rd through the 6th. The first two days are open to all church leaders, and the remaining days are exclusively designed for senior pastors and their wives. Register now at kap2023.com. That's kap2023.com. Hebrews chapter 7. This is the biblical theology of Jesus Christ in the book of Hebrews and his intercessory work. He says 
in verse 24. But Jesus, on the other hand, because he continues forever, holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he is also able to save or deliver forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was fitting for us to have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He ever lives to deliver. To save means to deliver. He's writing to Christians in the book of Hebrews. He's not talking about deliver in eternity. He's talking about God interceding and praying for you so that he can help you in history. And he ever lives to make intercession. This brings in the ascension of Jesus Christ. Jesus died. 40 days later, he stood on a cloud. He ascended up to heaven on the right-hand side of the Father where he ever lives 24-7, 365 days to intervene in the situations that call for deliverance by believers who need divine intervention because Satan is messing them up. He ever lives to come to your help. And he calls that his priestly duty. Okay, watch this now. The job of the priest in the Old Testament was to serve as a mediator between a sinful people and a holy God. The way he served as a mediator between sinful people and a holy God was through the sacrificial system. So he would offer up an animal like on the Day of Atonement so that God's judgment against sin would be diverted because of the sacrifice. When God saw the layaway plan, that's the Old Testament, the layaway plan. When God saw the layaway plan for one year, God's wrath would be held back so that he could show favor to his people because an acceptable sacrifice had been made. But it was temporary. It was the layaway plan until Jesus comes. Because when Jesus dies on the cross, he says to tell us thy, paid in full, it is finished, no more payments needed, so he can ever live to be the intercessor for sinful Christians and for a holy God. So Jesus Christ ever lives to divert God's wrath in order that you might experience God's favor. So Jesus has a full-time job in heaven right now when Satan comes against you and has sifted you like wheat, has tore you up from the floor up to interject his sacrifice on your behalf to be your advocate in the courtroom of heaven. So why do you need to know that Jesus Christ passed through the heavens? That means people don't have the last word. Demons don't have the last word. Angels don't have the last word. Jesus has the last word. He is the supreme court of your situation. He is the supreme court. So the devil does not have the last word over you. The people that you work with don't have the last word over you. Because Jesus has already passed them by. And he sits above them on the right-hand side of the Father. John chapter 21. Peter has now denied the Lord three times. Jesus has died, has risen from the dead. 
Verse 3 of chapter 21, Simon Peter said to them, the other disciples, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will also come with you. They went out and got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. Okay. You remember when Jesus first met them? They'd been fishing all night and caught nothing. Guess what Peter just did? His failure made him go back to his old lifestyle. Perhaps you're here today and you feel like it's over. You've blown it too much, too long, too many ways. You can't recover. That's what Peter thought. He went back fishing. But remember, Jesus said, and when you are converted, this was before he denied. So Jesus predicted his denial and his reversal. That's good news. That Jesus knows you're going to mess up, but he also knows that your intercessor, he can put you back together again. So watch this, watch this, watch this. So now, Jesus has risen from the dead. Now in chapter 21, he's risen from the dead. So having risen from the dead, they're out there fishing, And when they're out there fishing, Jesus says to them, children, verse 5, do you have any fish? How y'all doing out there? In your old life, in your old career, in what you thought you knew how to do well. Is it working for you? You went back to the world. Is it working out there? How many fish have you caught? They found out it's the Lord. Peter throws himself in the water and starts freestyling and stroking into where Jesus is. And so when they had finished breakfast, verse 15, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. God is after our love. Deuteronomy 6.4, you should love the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 10.12, you ought to love the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 11.1, you ought to love the Lord over and over and over. You read 1 John chapter 2, 3, and 4. It talks about love and love because God is love. God, God wants me and you and us to love him. He wants to be loved by his people to be passionately pursued for his glory. He wants to be loved. He is after a relationship, not just a program. He wants you to pursue an intimacy. He wants a love affair. He doesn't want you to worship because it's Sunday. He wants you to worship because you love him. And you always know what you love by what you serve. You know, look, it will be no question today at 3.30 who loves the Cowboys. That won't be a problem. That won't be a question. That won't be a question because they're going to make whatever adjustments they need to make to make sure they are situated to show their love. 
Because whatever you love, you serve. And that's why so many Christians can't get around the serving God because they really don't love him. So you have to pull them and beg them and shout. They go, he said, do you love me? If you love me, tend my sheep, tend my lambs. If you love me, I want to see that worked out in your service. Don't just, don't just be saying highfalutin words. If you love me, I should see that love being fleshed out horizontally because you love me vertically. He comes a third time. He says in verse 17, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? Remember when he denied the Lord three times, he cried? The Bible says he wept bitterly. Well, he's about to cry again because when he heard it the third time, it reminded him of his threefold denial. But something else grieved him. When Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? He hung his head, hurt. But Jesus said something else. Peter, do you phileo me? The first two times he said, do you agape me? Do you agape me? But not the third time. Jesus dumbed down his word. He knew Peter wasn't ready for no agape love. He says, I want you so bad, Peter, I'll come meet you where you are. I will meet you there. If you'll be for real with me there, I will meet you there and I'll use you there. I will use you there because at least you're being honest with me. You're not playing religious games with me. You're not talking that Christian stuff with me. Tell me the truth because if you tell me the truth, I can work with you. But don't give me this, this jive Christian talk. You love me when I know you don't hardly like me. Tell me how you really feel because we can go there together. I got good news for you. God will meet you where you are. He'll meet you where you are as long as you are honest with him. Once he does that, he puts a block on Satan because now you've gotten right with God. Getting right with God begins with two steps, confession and commitment. Here's Dr. Evans to tell us more. The greatest need in all of our lives is for the forgiveness of sins. And there's only one person who can do that. That's Jesus Christ. That's why he died on the cross and rose from the dead. And he offers forgiveness of sins. If you're carrying guilt for what you've done, fear for what you've done, Jesus Christ is right here right now. If you go to him, confess your sinfulness to him, and trust him to forgive you, he will do it on the spot and also grant you eternal life. To learn more about what it means to be a real Christian, visit TonyEvans.org and click on the link that says Jesus. Tony will walk you through everything you need to know. When you do, check into getting a copy of Dr. Evans' current series, The Authority of God. As I mentioned earlier, we'll send you these 12 powerful messages as our gift when you make a contribution to help us keep this program coming your way. Along with them, you'll get the brand new Kingdom Authority hardback book, 
plus the Bible study guide with links to custom video content from Tony. But this special offer won't last long, so make a point of requesting it today when you visit us online at TonyEvans.org. Again, that's TonyEvans.org. Our resource center is also open 24-7 to help you. You can reach one of our team members there at 1-800-800-3222. That's 1-800-800-3222. Tony says the first step toward becoming a better leader is becoming a better follower. So on Monday, he'll explain how to do that by staying spiritually covered and leading your family the way God leads you. I hope you'll be with us. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 